Welcome to the Burning Hearts podcast, everyone. My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church, and we are launching a new podcast. This is actually episode two, and uh, as part of our podcast, we have been interviewing different people, and and through these interviews, our hope is just to entertain you guys, to equip you guys, and just help you to get to know some of the people within our, our family, the BH family, a little bit more. And so I've got Pastor Chris here with me right now. Yo, yo, yo. There he is. <laughs> I've known Pastor Chris for quite a while. Actually, I was I was thinking about it before this interview and one of my earliest memories of him. I'm guessing he was about 10 years old and he had the big old curly hair. Afro. And, yes, That's and he was cool. he was rocking the the saxophone during a special music number at a, a church that I attended while I was in college and and he he did growing up and it's pretty awesome and and then got to know him quite a bit better uh, I think during his college years and so yeah I'm so really cool. excited about this we're gonna we're gonna do an interview it'll be fun awesome yeah I'm excited uh, excited to be a part of this today cool you ready to jump in I think so all right yeah I think so so first of all I'd, I'd really just like you to share your testimony you know your uh, how you came to relationship with Jesus and mm-hmm. highlight some of your significant points uh, along the way. You can take as long as you want. Um, but, you know, w- what could you say, like, if this would have not happened in my life, like, I, I'd be in a different place right now. Yeah. So just highlighting some of the, the big things. Awesome. Totally. Well, yeah, I'll try. I, I'm not sure how long I'll go on this, but I'm just going to start talking. And I've shared my testimony many times in the past. It, you know, at different lengths and different, um, in different settings. But I just been praying leading up to this, like, Lord, just allow me to share kind of what, um, would speak to someone today and, and what is going to have impact. So yeah, I'll share some of my story and I just pray that it, it does, um, minister to everybody who hears it. So yeah, I'm a Fargo, Fargo native, born and raised. Sometimes still can't believe I'm here. It's like been, <laughs> been in the Midwest so long now, uh, over 30 years, y'all. Some of you think I'm like, like just out of college. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> now, you know, um, it's awesome. So born and raised in Fargo into, you know, this might sound like a typical Christian kid testimony for a little while, but born and raised in a Christian home, had amazing parents, the whole thing and watched my mom and dad serve and love Jesus, um, throughout my childhood. And we were homeschooled as kids. I have an older brother, a younger brother and a younger sister. Many of you know, um, all of them, but we were homeschooled through most of our time in school, K through 12, um, and we did some things in the public school. But for us, like a huge part of life growing up was being in the home and like yeah. watching my mom every single day reading the Bible when, you know, we'd wake up and she's reading the Bible. We'd come in for playing outside. She's reading the Bible. She's in prayer. She's hosting prayer meetings like every other week for as long as I can remember. And she's still doing that to this day. Now I think it's like twice a week probably. So we kind of grew up in this environment and then just seeing my dad and his faithfulness, how he stewarded um, what God had given him, how he served our family faithfully. Um, Yeah. And just watching their life and love together, it's like it spoke volumes to us as kids growing up about there's something powerful about following Jesus. So I would say when I was about nine or 10 years old and I was 
on my way home from speech therapy because I couldn't say my R's back then. And I'm on my way home from speech therapy and I'm really quiet in the car. And I hadn't said a word. My mom's, I can remember we're in the minivan. My mom's like driving the van home. I hadn't said a word. And she just says like, Chris, like, what are you even thinking about? And I'd been thinking, you know, for, I don't know, those last couple of weeks, probably kind of just pondering this question. Like, how do I know that I'm really saved? Like, how do I know that like guaranteed, like when I, when I die and it's that, it's just weird. You're thinking about death as a child, but like, you know, when I die, am I going to heaven? Like this intense feeling inside of me. So I, I kind of express that to my mom and I can remember her pulling over the minivan just like a block or two away from home and just beginning to share with me, like, Chris, it's all about what Jesus did. You can be totally confident that simply because you believe in Jesus and what he did for you, like, you're good. Like, he's got you covered. So I, I look back at that. I think I said I was nine. I was maybe nine, 10, or 11. But I look back at that and think that was a moment that I, I think I had like a more of a heart, re- you know, realization yeah. and a conscious realization, like, Jesus has got me like mm-hmm. it's faith in him. And, and I'd grown up knowing him, I, I would say, but I think it was that moment where I feel like I made that strong commitment. I can remember being in church the next week and my mom kind of sharing with like some of her friends in conversation after service, like, yeah, Chris just like dedicated his life to Jesus last week. And I just remember just beaming and feeling like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like how much, such a great feeling, right? such a good feeling. Yeah. To just know that you're found and that Jesus has you covered. So that to me was a pivotal point in my life. Obviously there's a lot more of life to live after the age of 11. So I got into junior high and I was, I was homeschooled, but I started taking a couple classes in the public school. And I remember at that point I started going to a youth group um, at the Pentecostal church we were going to in town. And I loved it. I had grown up going to Awanas at this amazing Baptist church, memorizing scripture and all this. And then we had kind of transitioned um, fully into another church in town. And I'm going to youth group and the worship times are amazing. The praise times are amazing. The pastor is just awesome. And we can tell he just loves us. Um, But it was when I got to junior high that it's like, I kind of was struggling to find friends. Like I show up and at that time, homeschooling, was less common even than it is today. And I think it's becoming more and more common. And I think that's an amazing thing. But at that time, it's like, I was kind of that homeschool kid coming into, you know, this group of friends and kids who had been together in school and in church for years. So I'm coming in junior high youth group as a seventh grader, eighth grader. And it was at some point in that time when two, I remember two distinct things kind of happened in my life. I, number one, begin to feel this thing inside me like, God, I don't really even know people that well here, but I know that I really want to love you and follow you. And I can remember in a time of worship in junior high when the pastor kind of, you know, he just invited us into time of worship. Like, if you've never lifted your hands in worship, just as an expression of praise to God, I invite you to do that. And I can remember thinking like, this is going to be so awkward. I've never done this before, but I just lifted my hands up in worship. And I can remember experiencing the presence of God like I had never had experienced before in my life. And that moment actually changed me because it was like, God, no matter if somebody else around me is going to, like, 
I want to follow you. (laughs) My little 13-year-old self, who hardly even knows what that means. Like, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to lift my hands. But God met me in like a simple moment and act of faith. Yeah, he honored your surrender in the moment. Yeah, Right? Which he does, and he continues to do. So I think that was another pivotal moment for me, saying like, regardless of who around me is going to do this, like, I want to follow you, Jesus. As small as that decision was, um, turned out to be pretty big. Now, at that same time, I began to actually have another experience. And this is probably seventh, eighth grade. And I'm getting to know some kids in youth group. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'd call them my friends yet. They're kind of acquaintances. And I had a few that I would talk to in, in junior high youth group. But everybody, you know, it seemed like everybody else around me started like having crushes and like <laughs> liking each other. And like my friend, I won't say his name, you know, one of my good one of my good friends, one who started to become a friend of mine at that time, it's like, he's interested in somebody else. And like, all the guys are start dating the girls and all this. And I just wasn't into that. And it was at that time where I started to feel like, God, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I, like, why don't I like even want a girlfriend now? And like, seventh, eighth grade. And I start processing all these things. I start getting really insecure. And as a child, I had been like, I was kind of the comic relief in our family, like just a funny kid. But it was when I got to junior high when along with that decision to follow Jesus, it's like I entered kind of the hardest stage of my life. And I would say junior high through much of my high school experience was probably four to five years of the most insecure time of my entire life when there were a lot of times where I felt super alone with what I was dealing with, what I was struggling with. And that insecurity, like even included like sexual insecurity, like wondering, like, is something wrong with me? Like I got in ninth, 10th grade, everybody's still kind of dating. I'm still this just tiny little kid. I didn't have my final growth spurt till I was like 17 years old, you know, like finally shot up and grew. So I'm feeling all of these different things. And then just dealing with lust and dealing with different things in my life, totally in secret with nobody knowing about it until about my junior year of high school. And in my junior year of high school, um, two different things happened. Well, I'll backtrack. My freshman year of high school, something powerful happened. We were coming back from a church trip and one of the other freshman guys who became one of my closest friends for probably the next eight years, just kind of befriended me. He was into music. He was like, hey, we should start a band. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course we should start a band. This is like any any musical kid's dream, like 14, 15 years old. So we start hanging out and this guy is loves Jesus and just is on fire for God. And he becomes a voice of um, just accountability in my life and truth in my life. So he was really important in my in my life, my freshman, sophomore year and beyond. But my junior year, Something happened to me that definitely changed the course of my life. I had two different youth leaders come into my life, uh, my junior and senior year. A guy by the name of Drew Meyer, who's a pastor out in Iowa right now, has an amazing family um, and an awesome church. Um, Pastor Jane has actually been out there, spoke at that church a little bit. So he comes into my life as a youth leader, and I'm in Pastor Cal Thompson's youth group at the time. And then a guy by the name of Josh Shaldahl, who's a pastor out in Bismarck at a great church called Evangel, he comes into my life as a youth leader. And it was my junior and senior year of high school when, for the first time, it was like I began to, what I would call, like, 
walking in the light. Mm-hmm. I began to walk in the light and come into the light with some of the stuff that I was struggling with. Some of these things that I've been dealing with in secret for so many years, a lot of my insecurities, um, some of my lust and some of my secret sins. So these guys actually started meeting with me and, and Josh, particularly my senior year, just starts meeting with me consistently and and I'm kind of like, he's this cool college kid. Yeah. Like, I'm this, <laughs> Josh was pretty cool. He's super cool. He's still cool. <laughs> but he starts meeting with me. I'm like, why Like, why does he want to meet with me? Like, like everybody looks up to Josh at that time. And people still look up to Josh. I still look up to Josh in so many ways. But he starts meeting with me and, and discipling me and asking me hard questions um, and really getting inside of my heart. And for the first time, I start just opening up about like the joys and the goodness of God in my life, as well as like those hardships in my life, the stuff I've been walking through. And those two years were transformational for me. I I can remember um, through times of prayer, through times of conversation, and also just times of just weeping and finally allowing like God in through that process to kind of begin healing me and healing my heart and just renewing my mind. I just began to learn so much about who I am, who I was, who God says I am, um, and standing on the truth of God's word and how transformational that can be. So as my mind began to get renewed, it's like so many of these things that were such huge issues for me in the past just begin to start falling away. So that was transformational. My senior year especially, I went into college then at NDSU just on a totally different place, Mm -hmm. um, feeling super on fire for God. And then also just kind of entering in what I would say for the first time into this like heart of evangelism. It's like God not only found me and pulled me out of the things that I was struggling with. um, And David talks about that all through the Psalms. It's like you found me in the miry pit and and pulled me out of this, this place or out of like places of despair. So not only did God do that in that time, but he began to actually put me into places of ministry, began to give me his heart, um, heart of evangelism. And then a desire was birthed inside me. Um, to then operate in that same type of place that I had my youth leaders above me pour into me. And I just begin to desire that. Like, Lord, you're, this is so transformational, being discipled and experiencing you, Jesus, through discipleship. I want to begin stepping into that. So I begin then operating more in that place and just trying to pour into other people's lives. Um, and God began just to develop his heart inside of me. Since that time, Oh man, I don't know. I could I could go on and on in so much of this. Nate. It's <laughs> just do, like let's do a few follow-ups and yeah. kind of I want to highlight a, a few things in there, but but first it's just you know, uh, thinking about your story, Chris, and many other people's story within our church. And sometimes we don't value our testimony because they they're not radical. They don't come yeah. with a Oh, an angel visited me right, in the middle right. of the night and told me who Jesus was. Or right. I, yeah, you know, I had this this lifestyle of drug addiction and right. and all these things. Or, yes. but so many of us have similar testimonies, but they have the same value because what Jesus did for those with radical, you know, uh, you know those those testimonies that just stand out. Yep. He, he did the same thing for us who who grew up in awesome homes with awesome parents and, and brings the same level as of freedom to us yep. as, as he does to everybody else. And so yes, I just want to encourage those listening, you know, your testimony has value yeah. and just be, be ready to share it, uh, in, in any season, any time. Yes. Um, and maybe a little bit shorter than Chris. Just, did. Yep. just yeah. Kidding. Thank you. <laughs> That's hard, man. That's so hard to condense. Yeah. Uh, 
No, it was awesome. So no, I love your story. Um, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to follow up on yeah. was, so you, you talked about how, you know, you, you got lit on fire for the Lord and really started to get a heart for evangelism and discipleship. I heard you yeah. describe in there, but when would you say you started learning about Holy Spirit? You know, you mm. grew up in a Pentecostal church, of course, yep. but when personally did you start yeah. to meet with Holy Spirit and understand yeah. his gifts and how he's gifted you and, and those kind of things. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, my, maybe the first time I would say, I, I know I experienced what I'd call the baptism in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, was at a junior high retreat and I was in the back of the room and I had been praying for a while, like God baptize me in your Holy Spirit. I want to experience that. And I was standing in the back of the room on the last night of the retreat and the guest speaker as I prayed that, the guest speaker moved from the front of the room towards the back, and I remember his he just placed his hands on my shoulders from behind me, and I experienced the Holy Spirit in a way I never had before. I began speaking yeah. in tongues and um, was just overwhelmed with the presence of God. So that, to me, was an initial, kind of an early experience. That's awesome, because I remember talking to you about this one time, and I was there as a youth leader when this <laughs> it's happened. It's at Sioux Pass Ranch, where yep. they have Wee Fest. Yes. <laughs> We were drinking deep of the Holy Spirit, yes. the, the one thing that you should drink deep of when you're out there, yeah. Yes. But that that was my maybe initial experience. And then, oh man, I'm really thankful for my upbringing, I guess, and for my church experience, because I think I had parents, pastors, leaders, and then friends of my parents who continually put me into position to experience God, and we had amazing times and services and retreats and prayer meetings and things where it was just part of the culture to wait on the Lord and to, um, yeah, to experience him and his presence. So I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Another follow-up, you mentioned a a few people, some youth leaders such as Drew and Josh and and your parents as big influences uh, in your walk with the Lord. Is there anyone else that you want to highlight that just had a, a a big influence in your life? Yeah. Um, yeah. Two others that I would say were two of my pastors and I mentioned pastor Cal Thompson, who was Mm -hmm. my youth pastor. Um, and he, he really impacted me all through high school, but then as I entered college and he just empowered me in a lot of ways to serve, um, and to minister in, in his youth context, um, and then another was Pastor Brad Lewis, who is amazing, Chi Alpha pastor. He has a tender father heart of God, I would say. Mm-hmm. And there are were some, you know, pivotal conversations with him, even during my times in college, that God really touched me deep inside. Brad's the kind of guy, and so many people have this experience. You go to meet with him in his office, and it's almost a guarantee that you'll be crying on the couch, (laughs) (laughs) you know, being touched by the Lord's presence before you leave. So those are some of my experiences. And I will say one more, um, which actually kind of positioned me to be doing what I'm doing now at the church, worship leading. One more was Bryce Meyer. um, And he impacted me greatly when I was in high school. He was our youth worship leader. And he saw something in me. He before I ever led a song in worship or was known to be someone who sang, Bryce encouraged me to lead a song at youth group and to start playing some keyboard. And I was terrified, but I couldn't really say no. So I was like, sure. <laughs> and that set me on a journey that 
you know, yeah. has been huge for right. my life. So that's that's so cool. Love you, Bryce. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's fun to to bring honor to people that have influenced your life, and it's not yeah. to glorify them, but yeah. just to encourage each one of you yeah. out there listening, like. Your words have influence, your Come actions on. have influence, yeah. and you never know when you might like unlock something in someone's life that actually yes. changes their their path. And so yes. I just encourage you to to be listening to the Lord about yes. the people around you and what what he wants you to to speak into their lives. So yeah. um so you have an amazing wife, Paige. Yes, I do. She's, she's great. <laughs> Uh, you know, this gets into the little personal side of things, but, yeah. uh, what was your journey like, you know, meet, how did you guys meet? How did you end up getting married? All those kinds totally. of things. Totally. Oh man, this is an awesome story. Um, yeah, we've been married now for just over a year and a half. And prior to that, I think we had known each other for about a year and a half. So it's super wild to think the person I'm married to, it's like, I've only known pages existed for about three years, just over three years, which is crazy um, to think about. But we met actually in our previous building um, at church after service. And yeah, we kind of talked for the first time on a Sunday and I was immediately kind of like, God, who is this? Mm -hmm. And for multiple reasons. And (laughs) she looks great. She has a heart for God. I could tell from our first conversation, it was just like, we just had a cool connection and we then kind of got to know each other slowly over the next couple of months um I would try to invite her to some to some things you know and I at that time uh, you know I was already a pastor on staff so that that was funny I do remember we got her connection card and she had filled out a visitor card and I was at that time calling all the visitors and I had met her at church a few weeks before, and then I had a visitor card in, in my office, and I'm calling through the visitor cards. I didn't even realize this would this was her. This was like the page <laughs> from church. So I get her visitor card, and I, I call her. I'm like, hey, Paige, this is Pastor Chris over at Burning Hearts Church. Um, just uh, calling. We saw you were interested in these couple of things at the church. We talked for a couple minutes. Then by the end of the call... I realized, oh my gosh, this is the page I met, the one that I that <laughs> a, I like. What a convenient way to get her her contact. It was info. beautiful. <laughs> I know, and I promise I didn't actually save her number because I felt like that's too far. I didn't take her number off the card, but then I did find her on Facebook, and and the rest is history. No, so we we did start dating then a couple months after that, and that's just been an amazing journey. Um, marriage has been such a joy. One of the words that we kind of come back to in terms of how marriage has been, it's been transformational. Mm-hmm. And I think even culturally today, especially with young people, there's such a fear of marriage. There's such a fear of commitment. Yeah. Um, man, and I say fear not <laughs> because <laughs> it has been probably the most transformational thing in terms of developing me and shaping me more into the image of Christ, teaching me what love is, teaching me what um, having the heart of Jesus and the heart of a servant is. So it's been an amazing thing. Yeah. It's funny too, because I remember processing some of these things with you in that time period, you know, when you were dating Paige and like, you know, the commitment and everything. And so, yeah, it's anybody out there, it's like, it is God's design. Yes. Marriage. 
between man and woman and it's it yeah. is such a gift and uh sometimes you might feel like oh when's it gonna happen or you know both of us got married later I mean, maybe now like in the world's view it's like about the normal time right. but probably like in the the church world we right. were late bloomers you yeah know? yeah late <laughs> so, to the game <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but but it's worth it's worth the wait and, yes and uh so anyways come on it's been cool. amazing yeah so good so i want to talk about worship in a, in a minute you've you've kind of alluded to that a little bit which is anybody that knows you is like a huge part of who yeah. you are and your ministry but just wanted to throw a different spin at you yeah if you could be known for something besides worship what would it be not even necessarily in in ministry even just sure what would it be oh this is so tough i mean I could come at this a couple angles. Uh, I'm going to give my 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 kind of spiritual answer, okay? <laughs> Not to be spiritual, but we are pastors, so yes. it's, it's kind of who we are. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, as I was processing that, I was like, I've kind of been thinking about this passage actually from 1 Corinthians 13 since uh, I just performed a wedding of this beautiful Chinese couple, and I, we actually had this scripture in Mandarin, printed out and everything at the wedding, but it just kind of caused me as I was reading through it more. First Corinthians 13, four through eight, the love passage. Mm -hmm. I think if there is one thing that I'd want to be known as and kind of remembered by, um, it would be that I lived by those, the words of that love passage, love being patient and kind and and all of that. I think on a more lighthearted note, um, I'm still looking forward to the 2022 NBA draft. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I'm hoping to, uh, yeah, be signed. At, you know, the Kobe and Shaq era was great. The LeBron era, uh, maybe not as much a fan of, but I'd love to bring some redemption back to the Lakers still. So <laughs> that, that's in my heart. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good answer. Anybody that's listened to any of your sermons for a while knows your your love of, of basketball. That's right. <laughs> yep. Awesome. So you mentioned a little bit about your journey of how you got started leading worship but I know music was a big part of your family life uh-huh. and you know you uh, you excelled at at your instrument at the time yeah would you say that that kind of led you into worship or had you thought about leading worship before Bryce asked you or or what was that yeah. like for you it's really crazy. Yeah, my initial love in music was the Blues Brothers soundtrack. <laughs> Great horn band, and I kind of fell in love with the saxophone when I was about nine. So I really got into jazz and blues when I was young. Um, and I would say jazz was really my 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 first love in terms of music, kind of what yeah. I can remember of what I played. Um, and it, yeah, I did that actually for probably five years before I ever started leading worship. Although in kids' church, Pastor Scott Stensgard, who's my kids' pastor, he had my brother and I start playing on the kids' worship team when we were probably, my brother was maybe 12 and I was 10. So we kind of started playing some instruments in the worship team um, prior to when I first led worship, you know, from the piano with my voice or anything. But yeah, kind of did that all before. And then I think it was just a, I'd say that experience in music helped establish me 
as a worship leader, mm-hmm. simply having some background in music for those years. So I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I kind of ended up loving jazz and doing a lot of that prior to even ever leading worship. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you ever think you would become a, a worship pastor? Like, did that thought uh, cross your mind as you were growing in it? Uh, I bet when I was 17, I started to kind of think through that. Okay. Because my heart in ministry, you know, my heart for ministry and all of that began to grow. Mm-hmm. I think 17 is probably when I begin to think, do I want to be a youth pastor or do I want to be a worship pastor? Okay. Those types of thoughts. So yeah, that definitely started stirring in my heart. Stirring in your in your head. But then you went you went to NDSU for music education. Yep. Was it performance too or just just a, education? Okay, just yep. education. Started in performance, and then switched oh, to education right. my second year. Okay. Yep. Marching band and all. That's awesome. Gold star. Let's go. <laughs> uh-huh. So cool. Um. So just some questions around you now as as a worship pastor you're also a young adult pastor um but those who are are worship leaders might be interested in in your thoughts on some of these things but are there any worship leaders like either in our city or nationally internationally that you would say have really influenced your your style and or your heart behind worship oh and and how so yeah that's so good someone locally that i that really did, I think, shape me and even what I desired to be able to do with my voice was um, my worship pastor at the time in high school and college, Pastor Scott Flotten, who just, his level of excellence musically, I was always just so impressed by, Um, not to mention his heart for worship and his heart for Jesus. But he was someone who inspired me, I would say, Mm -hmm. vocally, even as he would lead, it was like, oh man, I... I want to be able to sing how he sings and have the range that Scotty has and all this. So that's someone locally for sure. Um, Someone else that deeply impacted me was a guy named Leland from, well, Leland Mooring from the band Leland. And when I was in high school, I saw him for the first time at a music festival. And the music festival is amazing. There's tons of bands and lots that perform and do great shows. But Leland got up to play on the main stage. And I remember feeling like the entire atmosphere of the festival changed when Leland began to sing. Mm -hmm. It was like, I can remember him just on his knees, almost singing through tears as he's singing out songs like Tears of the Saints, if you've never heard that song. Um, Yes, you have, Sound of Melodies, but these beautiful kind of rock anthem worship songs. But his heart of worship and what what I could sense is like the purity of his his worship was just so powerful. So that influenced me hugely to have a desire to, you know, live a life of purity and holiness. Um, that, so that, not just so that, but out of that would come powerful moments of worship and drawing people to Christ. Jeremy Riddle would be another that I, I would say has influenced me, his passion, um, his desire for Jesus. He keeps it really real. He's not afraid to, yeah, it's raw. Yeah. Just, yell and and just go hard in in those times so i love his heart um those would be some that definitely impacted me the most cool what about stylistically because i didn't hear that too much in those influences (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you have your own style yes is there anybody you can point to or has that actually come maybe not out of the worship scene but out of other genres of music i love that i think 
yeah, maybe a primary influence is probably my love for jazz. Mm-hmm. Jazz has, you know, all these com- complexities in harmony and melody. And, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting musical elements in that world. So I think my love for jazz and the way that my ears kind of developed, hearing just different harmonies and things like that, have definitely influenced the way that I sing. And then I also have, I mean, I have a list. I have a list of like 10 favorite artists oh, throughout the ages <laughs> that have definitely kind of shaped my shaped my sound. It's It was hilarious as I was thinking through this list because some of these, you know, one of my favorites was Stevie Wonder for a long time. It's like Stevie's just got such a soulful voice. And yeah. for whatever reason, I kind of gravitate towards voices that it's like they're flexible, they're agile, they got a, they got a big range, um, and they sing with a lot of soul. They sing with a lot of passion. So... Yeah, kind of draw from a lot of those influences, I think, over the years. That's awesome. We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I think I just want to follow up. Yeah. You know, your your worship pastor's hat is off, uh-huh. and we're talking about just music in general. Yep. What is your favorite genre? Oh, and, man. And why? Yeah, that's so hard. I've been asked that question many times over the years, and I... I feel like I can never quite pinpoint one genre, but what I kind of find myself coming back to is I love really great voices who sing with amazing technique, great control, um, regardless of what genre they're in. So it's funny, some of those over the years, one of my favorites as a kid was actually the Christian group Avalon. They just had fantastic <laughs> harmonies. You remember them? Yes. Um, Testify to Love. Anybody out there, you remember that? <laughs> Avalon was one of my favorites. Just phenomenal vocals and like three, four-part harmonies. Another one of my favorites, this is one of the first CDs I ever got. Um, I think it was like my 12th birthday. I got a plus one album. Oh, yeah. They're they like the Christian NSYNC, okay, yes. or the Christian Backstreet Boys. So if you don't know them, you got to go find plus one. <laughs> the song Last Flight Out, Hello. It's like a... It's like a Christian. Yeah. You don't know if it's like, is this a, like a worship album? Is this like a, a love album? There, like there's definitely some romance throughout the album too. So just great vocals, great harmonies. Um, other of my favorites through the years, mentioned Stevie Wonder, Christina Grimmie. Oh, oh, yeah. Shout out to Christina Grimmie. She just had an amazing voice. Um, Judith Hill. There's a guy named PJ Morton. I just love his voice, kind of a soul, soul singer. And then... From more of the Christian realm, Torin Wells. I just love Torin's voice, and he's different than a it's, lot of the. It's up there, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's up there. I'm still, you know, pitching down his songs like at least a whole step, maybe a couple whole steps when he's saying anything of his. But yeah, love those voices. I just love love a great voice. That's cool. That's cool. Let's continue on with just kind of the lighter questions. Yeah. Um, when Pastor Jana was on, we we asked her these same questions, and this is just a set I want to kind of be consistent with with uh-huh. everybody. But tell me one thing about yourself that people might be surprised to hear. It could be a hobby, could be your quirks, uh, anything like that. That's a great question. One of the uh, one of the things that I wanted to be when I grew up as a child, obviously one was a basketball star in the NBA. The other, which I definitely didn't spend as much time practicing, um, but I I got some of the equipment needed over the years at Christmas presents, birthdays. I really at one point wanted to be a chef. 
Really? Yeah, that's no joke. And my, I can remember my grandparents getting me, must have been like 10 years old. My grandma like made me this apron and screen printed on there like Chef Christopher made me one of these chef's hats and stuff. Gave me a rolling pin for Christmas. I got a blender once for my birthday. I just loved uh, the thought of of being a chef. And I became a very, very um, well-known in my home as a child uh, chef for making spaghetti and, you know, some really basic things. So it hasn't hasn't taken me too far in terms of... Um, uh, monetary uh, value, or <laughs> but Paige gets to enjoy my pasta. Yes, that's um, good. Quite a bit. And so I, I've been over to your place, and I think primarily Paige is the, <laughs> the one doing the cooking, but it's good. Yes, she's. <laughs> you guys are great hostesses. Thank you. Yeah, she so. she probably does the the cooking better than I do, but but it is fun. I still enjoy actually kind of baking and cooking and and doing that stuff when we get to. Cool. What's something that brings you life right now? Doesn't need to be anything spiritual, just just something fun that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, I've been getting to spend a little bit more time in my recording studio and I've got some some equipment just that I've kind of gotten over the years and I love getting to do that. I'm recording a band, just a local band right now that my younger brother Dan is in. Shout out to Walking Phoenix. And they sound amazing. We just did a session a couple weeks ago and hopefully have some more coming up but yeah just love getting to do that um working with them and just creating some amazing sounds for them um that's been so much fun and then just doing other little projects in the studio too sometimes just for fun just to kind of as a creative outlet make something different than i i would typically get to do in like a church context or a performing context around town um and even like Carl and I worked on the podcast intro music that you, I think you just heard yes. before this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and shout out to Carl, too, our producer. Who, That's right. Again, never wants to be mentioned, but we need to mention him at least once that, during every episode. Every episode. I love that. Our producer. <laughs> yep. Lead producer. Executive producer. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. If you could give one piece of encouragement to the listeners right now, what would it be? Yeah. When I thought through that question... Um, earlier today, the thing that kind of st- stuck with me, and the world is crazy right now, and the thing that stands out to me as one piece of advice would be this, read the Bible. That's a great piece of advice. <laughs> Which sounds so simple, and maybe to some of you kind of like archaic and old, um, but man, Jesus has the words of life, and the disciples knew that, and Christians through the ages have known and experienced that. And I think in the way that culture is moving so fast and oftentimes moving against the message of Christ, there's never been a more important time for Christians to do the simple things of the faith, like reading the Bible, spending time in prayer, um, and being in Christian community, having conversations um, about culture that are rooted in a biblical worldview. The Bible is the clearest picture that we have of Jesus um, until one day we see him in eternity and we see him face to face. But I would just encourage people, get in the word of God, understand who Jesus is, understand his ways, um, get to know his words, and get to know his life a little bit better so that we can really, really, really be disciples of him. 
That's awesome. I was actually listening to a, a podcast this week, uh, a sermon, and uh, the pastor was talking about the Word of God and how important it was. And he said, the Bible is not true. And it was like, you know, everyone had this reaction, but he said, no, the Bible is truth. It is what you measure everything that is true against. It's what decides what's true and not true. It is the measurement stick. So the Bible is truth. And so I think if you take Pastor Chris's advice there and let the word of God be the truth in your life, you'll go a really long way. Let's go. So it's so good. This has been really fun, Chris. So fun. We've been Pastor Chris, Pastor CJ, as I like <laughs> to call him. <laughs> the, the, we'll leave that open for you to try to guess my middle name. Yes, the J is yeah. part of my middle name. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, it's been awesome. I enjoy. Hey. I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, me too. I enjoy our friendship and yeah. being able to hang out every day. Totally. Work. It's it's good. Yes. So, this has been episode two of the Burning Hearts podcast, and we're gonna try a new. A new salutation. Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready. Thank you for listening and keep on burning.